Our next guest founded People Puzzles. It is an HR consultancy, but it's also a national network face-to-face -face delivering massive value. Please welcome to the Elite Business Stage, Ali Morn. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Have you ever hired somebody that you thought was a brilliant fit, and then six months later, you've had to say goodbye to them, you fired them? I'm seeing a few nods. And then what if you saw that same CV six months later, maybe without the name, had the same experience in interview, and then took up the same references? Would you maybe hire that person again? Because actually, you thought that was still the right kind of person for your business. And perhaps some people are brilliant at interviews. And perhaps you aren't great at them. I don't know. But what if it isn't an executive hiring fail, but it is an integration fail or an interview fail? I want to talk today about how to hire and integrate key talent. Because for most of us, hiring a key new person into our business, particularly at senior team level, could be the biggest business decision we're going to make this year. It could have an impact over two years, five years, or actually for the life of our business. It could really impact the future. And I got really lucky when I hired my uh, person number five at People Puzzles. I don't call her that to her face, by the way. And we're now over 70 people. And I interviewed her in St Pancras um, Station in the Champagne Bar. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. And uh, I'll, you'll probably be glad to know it was over a coffee, not over a glass of champagne. And looking back, I think I did a fairly good interview. It was fairly structured. I asked her some good questions. and. She gave some good answers. But looking back, I'm not sure that they were good enough questions to prove and give evidence for the fact that she would bring um, millions of pounds of revenue into the business or run the business without me while I was on maternity leave. I got lucky. And my question is, how can we get more lucky more often? At People Puzzles, we hire between 10 and 20 board-level experienced people every year. And so I have spent quite a lot of time thinking about how we get lucky more often in interviewing. And I've personally worked with over 100 different SMEs over the last 10 years. And I'm really focused on how we can improve our chances of getting this right, how we can build better performing teams, and how we can run more profitable businesses. At People Puzzles, we've seen over 40% growth for three of the past four years. Isn't Brexit helpful? And we now provide um, over 50 part-time people directors into ambitious companies. And most of our clients are trying to hire and integrate star performers into their business to take them to the next level. And we hear these stories from our clients that if they were able to make better hiring decisions, particularly at senior level, they are convinced that they would grow faster and it would be easier. People Puzzles turned 10 years old last Sunday, which felt 
quite a big achievement. Uh, and that journey from me being on my own in the front room in my little flat through to over 70 people working nationally has been an amazing journey. And it definitely is possible because of a great team. So for me, what is the context of hiring and integrating key people? Well, it is about a wider people strategy. And this is what we came up with to explain what HR actually should be in an ambitious mid-sized business. Because actually HR doesn't have a great reputation, I'm quite aware of that. And you can't hire someone really brilliant and bring them into a business that has a terrible company culture and uh, employs people illegally and doesn't treat people fairly. It's all part of a picture and a package. So hiring great people has to be part of a bigger strategy that is about being intentional about building high-performing teams. And a people strategy has to hang off your business plan. It can't be divorced from it. And it will cover who's leading the business. What is the culture? What kind of talent do you have? And that covers both finding talent, developing talent, and retaining it. It's about having a great organizational structure that can allow you to grow and not get stuck in too many bottlenecks as you scale up, and having fair and legal processes. So I've got six ideas for you about hiring and integrating key staff. Everybody loves a job description, right? Even better, the joy of sitting down to write one. No? I have to say, I think it's a terribly boring thing to do. But why is that when it actually could have such a fundamental impact about what people could, are going to come in and do in our businesses? So the other thing about business today is it's moving so quickly. What suited you two years ago in a particular role is very unlikely to be the same role that you'll need in your business today or even in two years' time. So every time you come to thinking about hiring a new person for the business, you've got to start with the tasks they're actually going to be going, coming in to do, the list of skills they're going to need. And sometimes you start with the old one, that's quite a good place to start, but actually it might not be fit for purpose at all. So every time you're going to hire somebody new, it's a great opportunity to think about what you really need. If it's a completely new role, I think it takes really quite a lot of thinking about in September last year, we decided it was the time to hire an ops director for the business. So we'd got to about 60 people, and uh, I came back from maternity leave and thought working three days a week sounded pretty lovely, which isn't what you probably hear the typical founder and owner of a scale-up business saying. Uh, and I think often it's, um, it's maybe more of a thing that a woman might say, if I can make that bold claim. So I've been working three days a week for the last three years, and my business partner also works three days a week. So actually having somebody who would hold together the operations of our business five days a week became even more important. And actually, nailing that job description was a really difficult task. It had three iterations in the end. It started off as a head of talent, because we've got loads of people directors in the business. Then it became a head of customer experience, because actually what we do is all about, hopefully, delighting our clients and helping them to grow. And then it finally took on a slightly more traditional operations director job title. And that process took about three months. And sometimes we're so desperate to go so fast 
that we actually can rush on and hire somebody for our business that is destined to fail because we haven't done the right job of planning. And the other part of the slightly irritating thing is that I think you have to do that yourself at senior level. It's very tempting to delegate this stuff down the business and to ask somebody um, more junior or maybe someone within the HR function, if you have one, to do it for you. But that just doesn't work. So let's assume you've taken some time to do some planning and you've written a really good job profile that covers the right tasks and the right kind of skills. What's the next one? Strengths. This is the other side of the job spec, the how of, of how somebody's going to do this job for you. And it is just as important as the skills. And you need to focus on the strength somebody needs to do this role. What does good really look like? And it can be really easy to just reel out a few sentences, you know, good with people, great listener, competent at management, great attention to detail. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these on a job spec. That you kind of write before you've really thought about what is important in this job. If you've ever tried to hire a head of sales and put great attention to detail, I wish you luck. I hope there's no sales directors in the audience who are completely offended by that statement. And if lots of people are involved in the interview process in your business, you need to be really careful that good is so clear that people aren't sort of ruling out great candidates for niggly little reasons, but they're focusing on the really important big strengths that this person has to do the job. We like to use profiling tools at People Puzzles. Um, you may have come across one. We like to use DISC. Um, it's a, you can look up online and find out all about DISC. But it looks at four characteristics. Dominance, which is all about results. Influence, which is all about people. Steadiness, which is all about pace and process. And conscientiousness, which is about attention to detail and data. And you can see in that circle, the likelihood is someone isn't going to be all four. We call that person Superman. I haven't managed to hire one of those yet. So which of those is the right place for the kind of job that you're looking for? If you're a business leader, you need to stay involved in this kind of level of detail with your key hires, because it's so important to get it right. So those two are fairly straightforward, a job spec, tasks and personal skills. I think uh, hopefully it's about to get a bit more interesting. So maturity might not be something that you think about very much when it comes to hiring and integrating key people. And by maturity, I'm talking about your business's maturity. How far along are you on the journey from startup chaos to corporate structure. I think with some things, we are quite well organized, and in other things, we're still probably a bit chaotic, and part of that is, um, as, a, as a founder and entrepreneur, I don't like things too processed, and uh, I quite like being opportunistic and thinking what might happen next, um, and uh, it can drive the team crazy. So are you at the moment in fast growth, in slow growth, or maybe even in a steady plateau? And what level is this role that you are trying to hire at? Do you want someone who's going to roll up their sleeves and get involved? 
or do you want someone who's going to sit behind a desk and direct operations? So I'll give you an example. My favorite, the sales director. Take, take an example of a company where a sales director has got 100 reps or 20 reps that work for them. And their job mainly is office-based, and they sit behind a desk, and their team come in and out, and they raise questions, and they talk about the proposals that they've sent out, and you look over the reports, and you manage the numbers, and you give out bonuses. That might be one sales director type of job role. Another type, which is the kind of one we have at People Puzzles, is somebody actually has to go out and sort of see what is going on in the marketplace and has to sniff out leads, and then has to go and meet them, and then has to close those deals, and maybe even has to get the paperwork signed. It is a hands-on, nitty-gritty, active role. And they have the same job title. And they might look at a job on Indeed or on one of these job websites, and it might be really unclear from what you've written what kind of job it is. So, are you wanting someone who comes from a corporate background where everything is organized for them and they're coming into a well-organized system? Or do you want someone who understands that it's a bit chaotic around here and they've got to muck in and not everything is very well organized yet? Do you want a creative problem solver or a systems maintainer? What does your business need for the next 18 to 24 months? If you think longer term than that, you won't get someone who'll take you on the journey. So how mature do you need somebody to be, and how mature is your business? Then we come to unique fit. What is your company culture? What are your values? I've personally worked with hundreds of businesses, and I can assure you there is no normal in SME land. What ways of working do they need to fit in with? You know, the, the contrast of corporate to a family business, to a VC-run, organized, structured situation. Every business is different and unique. And it can be really easy to get your blinkers on when you're trying to hire. I often hear people talking about their dream candidate will have worked at Apple or at Facebook or at the BBC, as if by working in those environments, they will have magically got every skill that they might need to come and work for your business, which might be completely different. Don't get me wrong, I believe in taking experienced hires, and People Puzzles is all about taking corporate, brilliant people directors and bringing them into working with entrepreneurial businesses. But we take one in a hundred people that apply to us for that role. And we know that a fancy job title from a great brand doesn't mean they can work well with us. One of our values at People Puzzles is still learning. And that's really about humility. So one of my favorite interview questions is, tell me one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made at work. And you can really tell from the answer to that question who's got a big ego and who is still ready to learn. I've got one lady on the team who, her answer to that question was all about um, some dramatic disaster that had happened when she was a ski um, rep in a holiday company in her first job. And every time I see her, she says to me, I just still can't believe I told you that story when, it, when we're, you were interviewing me. And I thought, that's kind of why we hired you, because you told me that story when I interviewed you. 
ambition. I think probably you've all come here today because you're ambitious and we want to be uh, leaders in elite businesses. So the question is, are, do you want to hire people who are ambitious for themselves and it's all about the career ladder? Or do you want to hire people who are going to join your team and be ambitious for the journey that your business is going on? Most people would probably agree you want team players. And ambition is great, but it has to be the right type. I was talking about this recently with a business owner who said they've really realized just by talking about ambition that they've got an IT manager in their business who's just had free reign and has introduced a whole new system into the business. And the business owner is now pretty sure that they've done that because they want that technology on their CV rather than because it's the right technology for their business. So how can we find out that people are ambitious for us in the interview process so that we're hiring the right kind of aligned person? So hiring and integrating. Hopefully, we found a brilliant candidate through a great role planning process and really good interviewing. And I don't want to talk about interviewing today, but I'll just remind you of the statistic that if you don't have a structured interview process, you've got about a 50-50 chance of hiring the right person. So why not just skip the interview, pick two CVs and put your blindfold on and pick one? It's the same statistical chance of getting it right. I, not in statistics, by the way. So hopefully we found a really good candidate through a really rigorous uh, interview process. And hopefully you've taken up some references. I really encourage not to skip that stage. We always do it on the telephone at People Puzzles because you can get a lot more out of previous employers in a phone call than you can through any other route. So what does a great integration plan look like? And how much time do you spend planning for it? I remember one of our clients um, who had hired some new people on the day that their new sales manager started. They didn't have a desk, a computer, and their manager was in America for the next 10 days. And that's actually, sadly, quite a classic disorganized company story. It doesn't send a great message, and it doesn't fill that candidate or that new joiner with confidence that they're going to be on a great journey with you. So when our ops director started, I was quite obsessive and intentional about what his diary would look like. So I did a little calendar for him. And when he turned up, I said, by the way, this is where you're going in the next month. You've got a meeting in the diary with our FD. You've got a meeting with our marketing team. You're going to go to here, here, and here to meet our regional teams. I've also given you some days in between so you could reflect on what you're learning. And here's our business plan. And here's the data from last year. And here's all our financial information. Here's all the stats. Here's the projects that we're working on. Here are the projects you're going to be doing next year. And, of course, they might change, like I was saying about planning earlier. But I worked really hard that on the day he walked into the, into the business, he knew what the plan was, and um, he was ready to start getting really underneath the skin of the business. I didn't want to pay him for three months of wasted time because ops directors cost quite a lot of money. And that process doesn't stop at that point. So they're meeting all these people, they're getting all these new ideas, and then you need to start asking them great questions. 
What have you learned this week? What have you discovered? What do you think's weird? What do you think's brilliant? How did today go? What did you gather from meeting that person face to face for the first time? If you're bringing someone in to a creative or problem-solving role, you need to encourage them to have ideas from the beginning. Maybe not ideas they're going to act on straight away because they don't have the context yet. But start having those conversations about how their ideas could work, why they wouldn't work, what makes sense and what doesn't. And you might give, get them a coach or a mentor or a buddy, but you've got to take them on that journey of helping them to interrogate what's going on in your business and getting all the great stuff they've done before in their working life and bringing it into what you're doing now. We've got a really unusual business model and our ops director came from a sort of semi-public sector background. And it just, you know, that culture change for him of um, working, it was actually, at, he was at the mayor's office and then coming into a completely virtual, um, you know, owner-manager-led, rapidly growing, chaotic business. I mean, it's, it's got a bit of a culture shock, right? And I wanted him to be able to get up to speed and uh, use his brain and start bringing his brilliant ideas into the business as soon as possible. So those are my six ideas um, about hiring and integrating key talent. And I've just got a couple of sort of favorite interview questions here to share with you. What will you do in your first month? How is what you're going to do for my business different to what you've been doing before? Why do you want to join a small company like us? Put them on the spot. And there's our favorite one. What's the biggest mistake you've made in your career so far? Quite a few of these ideas are from this brilliant book. So um, I would encourage you, if you are really interested in hiring and integrating key executives, that you um, get this as a really good chapter. Um, the Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. The reality is that nothing can impact your business more than a key hire at senior level who is successful. And we get key hire opportunities all the way through our business at every level. But I do think it is fraught with peril. And I'd encourage you to think about whether you are maximizing your chances of success or whether actually you are You've got a vague idea for a role and you rush in and you brief an agency and you don't do that careful planning about what you are really looking for. What does good look like? What's going to work well here? And I'm not saying never be opportunistic because actually sometimes you meet a great person and you kind of design a role for them in your business around what they're like and what you think that they can bring to you. But as your business matures and as you grow up and as you get bigger, that can be a bit harder. And often you know what you need, or you have a, a sort of a vague understanding of it, and you need to take the time to narrow that down and really work out what's going to make a significant difference to your business. So are you set up to maximize your success? And if you're not, I'd encourage you to stop hiring and do some work and get ready to do it better. And finally, I'd encourage you to make sure that your people strategy is comprehensive and that you are setting up the whole business to succeed and people to come into it and do their best work. 
because high-performing teams don't happen by accident. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. That was brilliant. I'm going to ask you to join our uh, panel on this. Before I do, has anyone got a question for Ali? I'm looking uh, around. I see you at the back there, sir. And I'm looking uh, for others. We'll rush a microphone over to you. Great interview questions, by the way. That's very cool. Food Would you for pass thought. the interview? The, well, no, I strongly doubt <laughs> that. I strongly doubt that. But I love the small company question as well, because yeah. actually this will be a big decision, won't it? Please, feel free to say who you are. You don't have to, sir. No, I'm fine. I have to say it's a slightly sort of biased question because we've actually done a lot of work with people puzzles and they're, they're absolutely superb, so highly recommended. Um, Ali, a couple of questions that you would avoid asking in interviews, oh. some of the where would you be in five years' time type, type things. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a great one. What are you trying to find out? Um, I mean, my old boss's favourite question, which he liked to throw in sort of at any point in the interview, was if you're on a fairground ride what ride would it be and what music would be playing? And what he was trying to find out was how quickly someone could react to a sort of left-field question about something completely different. Um, but my view with interview questions is you're trying to find out if they're a great cultural fit. So you're trying to, you know, hopefully you've articulated your company values and you're asking them around the fit questions for culture, and then you're trying to find out how they'd handle particular situations. And my view is that situational questions, so tell me about an experience you've had, are better than what would you do if. So you're trying to really work out what people have done before and what their approach is to things um, to help you make a really good hiring decision. Lovely answer. Great question. Yeah, just down in the second row, if you don't mind. Thank you very much. Hello, hi, my name's Fiona, I'm from Smash. And um, I wanted to ask you about the um, job share or the three day a week that you do. Do you do that with another co-founder? Yeah, so I work Monday to Wednesday and she does five short days over the week. And how were your investors about the fact that the two founders were going to be working three days a week. Was we don't have any investors. Ah, right. Okay. So we are... Um, so you make the decisions. We make the decisions, which is really liberating. I mean, I think, for me, actually, the whole structure of the business is about does it work? Is it set up well? And is everybody very clear about what they're going to deliver on? And um, actually, our whole business, I think, out of 70 people, probably five work five days a week. So we've got a completely flexible approach to work. And I think that's kind of the way the world's going. Mm. And I think for people to be hung up on five days a week of FaceTime just doesn't make sense anymore. But you have to have a different way to manage people. So we use the EOS system at People Puzzles, which is all about quarterly rocks, so achieving things quarterly and proving that you're doing them. And that has really facilitated both of us working three days a week in a much better way, I think. Because mm. we're really, um, you know, it's about results and it's about proving you've done what you said you were going to do. And I think that's the best way to run a business any anyway. Well, it's very encouraging to hear. Great. No, that's fascinating. Um, let's do a final super quick question and then we'll bring our next two guests up, please. Hi, I'm Mary. Um, I'm from a company called Esteem Builders and uh, I work with issues of trauma. Um, you talked about getting references. So how do you uh, accommodate people who've been bullied at work by um, someone in senior management and you are going back to them for a reference? So we ask people to pro 
to, to suggest who we should take a reference from. We don't look at their CV and choose for them. And we say it needs to be someone that who's, has been more senior than you and you have worked with directly. And then we also say you need to give us, you need to check that the person's happy to give a reference and you need to provide their mobile phone number. So it's up to the person. And um, if, you know, if someone was sort of really uncomfortable about doing that, we'd probably say, look, why won't you give us your old manager's phone number and probably mm. there would just be a conversation that actually this person, you know, we had a better working relationship and we'd be quite happy with that. So we, we take references to, um, to sort of, we ask questions like, how can I get the best out of this person? Um, do you think they'd be suited to this way of working? Do you think that they'd be good at this kind of job? And then we, we ask the sort of typical questions like, um, you know, if they've been, if they've have you got any concerns about them taking this job with us? So it's, I don't know whether we ask slightly different questions to other people, mm -hmm. but it's actually about how we get the best out of them once we've joined us and any alarm bells. Great. No, thank you. And just such thoughtful questions as well. Uh, please, round of applause for Ali Morn from People Puzzles. Thank you. Ali, come and join me.